0: Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. This is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee and then sitting down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The coffee we'll be brewing today is called Anasora, roasted by Pilot Coffee Roasters. They're based out of Toronto, Ontario. And the comics we'll be discussing today are Venom No. 2 and the new Magic Order No. 1, from Image Comics, uh, it's a pretty exciting book. I think it'd be a pretty, pretty, pretty good discussion. Maybe I don't know yeah. <laughs> whether you're a regular or a first-time listener. If you like this show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes and Google Play. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, if you got a few minutes to spare, please leave us a review and a rating, and make sure you tell your friends about this podcast. Now, before we warm up and brew ourselves that coffee. Uh, let's catch up on the week. It was a pretty busy week, I'd say. Lots of cool things happened, um, so it'd be exciting to talk about. Uh, How's your week been, Victor?
1: I don't care about you, Jerry. Oh, t- <laughs> boy! <laughs>
0: <laughs> things started dark. My week, Jerry.
1: What I've been up to is I've been <laughs> really looking
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> into trying to play some indie horror games. Been really really try my best to do that I haven't done it yet but I've wait so watching. your
0: week has just been thinking about playing? Thinking
1: about it I've been watching videos there's a couple of good ones there's this really good one called uh, Beware um, and another one uh, featuring creepypasta goat man uh, <laughs> and I've been really trying to get myself to play but it's like one of those things where like, you touch your toe in the water and say ah it's too cold ah oh, it's too cold and, and that, that's just me every day. But these games look fun. I just, I'm just too much of a scaredy cat. But anyways, how's your
0: week, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, this week, <laughs> this week you've just been thinking about playing indie horror games and then yeah. not playing Yeah, them. I, I was too scared. I couldn't do it. <laughs> what uh, a thoughtful week. I live in the basement by myself. I can't do it. Play upstairs? No. Or you, you know what? Come by. We'll play here. Cause I, I hate playing scary games okay, myself maybe. too. That's, so. that's a good proposition. Yeah, I I'll can't think, play I'll scary think about games it. myself. I'll think about it. <laughs> um. Well, this week's been this this week's been pretty good. Okay. Um. It's E3 week. Okay. So actually,
1: yeah, all the trailers were some pretty hype trailers, right? Man.
0: Um. Some some really cool stuff came out actually, and uh, I think. The thing I'm most excited about, I've been excited about it for like a year or so. Um, The Last of Us Part Two. Yes. Yeah, that trailer was insane.
1: A little bit cringy, but but You think so? There's,
0: there's, there's some cringe to it. There's a little bit of cringe. But like that was part of Ellie's character that like you already knew about. Yeah. Right? And if you played the um Left Behind DLC, that was that was kind of what that was. Like it's in continuation of exploring that side of her, right? exploring that part of her of personality course. so i thought it was pretty good i thought still cringy it's <laughs> i just it just came out of nowhere just, just <laughs> yeah it, it was um but good character development it, it, yeah, it came out of nowhere but it also like it's it's them exploring parts of what makes them human still right yeah. in that type of world yeah and it it sort of acts as like a counterweight to Pretty much the gameplay trailer you saw immediately the after. That gameplay trailer was hype. Yeah, that was fire, right <laughs> so there. So good, so good. And I mean, like, yeah, you know, it's scripted because it's like a vertical slice demo. Yeah, but it's it's set up so well that you don't you don't care if it's scripted because like you want to play it that well, way. Well, it's just I kind of want to play it
1: scripted. It's just there to display the gameplay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like regardless of whether it's scripted or not, like I mean how how you're gonna play the game is how you're gonna play the game Exactly right? what yeah. makes what made The Last of Us so good is you had a choice of how you wanted to play Yeah, you could be sneaky or you could be loud it was up to
0: you she did both which is kinda cool yeah she was sneaky about it and then <laughs> and then she got caught like yeah. the way I would get caught like if I played a game like that <laughs> I would sneak up on someone and I would look over and it's just a guy staring at you and it's just like uh okay I gotta run yeah <laughs> No, but, but that, yeah, that was really hype. I really there was some it. new gameplay mechanics that was shown in that trailer that was just beyond the walls. It was so yeah. good.
1: It, seem, it seems uh, the gameplay is a lot more streamlined this time around. Yeah,
0: I think so. I think so. And there's more like freedom of choice in the environment you're given, right? Yes. Like she was like crawling under cars and everything. That was pretty cool. So yeah, it's that still, was... It's still the, a linear... Like it's still Oh no, linear story, linear yeah, still, gameplay. Yeah. But like, there's more options laid out in it front of you. It just seems
1: to give you... Uh, at least it's an illusion of a more open world. Yeah, which yeah. I think is welcoming.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. I I like it. I like the trailer a lot. There were other trailers that were really good too, but I don't I don't want to get too much. into I'm still that confused right now.
1: about what Dead Stranding is about.
0: Did you Did you watch the I, uh, I Walking it. Simulator trailer that they showed?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh geez, oh Norman Reed is walking. Whoa! It, it, was,
0: it was like, and like the walking wasn't even that good, like. No, the, uh, one pe- one peeve that I have with video games is the games where characters have to walk up and down stairs. Yeah, and if each step that you take is on a ledge slash like three steps up, yeah, it's like that's unrealistic. Yeah, I love it when games actually go and like give you a quick stair walking animation that has them hit every step on the way up. To me, I'm just like you've gone the extra mile. This the,
1: is a- the best is like when they're walking up the stairs, but they're just sliding up the they're just stairs. Sliding, <laughs> they're just sliding because
0: it's the same animation, but they're sliding upwards. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's like just why not just set up an escalator for these guys <laughs> if you're gonna do that to the poor guy? You so- know what?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna give this game the benefit of the doubt because it's Hideo Kojima. Yeah, he's a genius. Like, but I don't know. I'm so confused. I don't know what the game's about. Like, I just I just see a baby and just, yeah. and like some stuff floating in the sky like yeah, shadows I, oh. and then norman reed is and then they brought back a super old actress at the end yeah i just like and i it's, don't
0: i feel like what they're trying to do with it is they're trying to like there's this whole idea of like offloading your consciousness onto maybe the next offspring but okay and it, because like he was like i'm gonna try something crazy and then he uploaded it and the baby came up came about right away right and he's injecting it like he's basically transferring it from himself so I feel like there's like a thing about maybe some sort of talk about everlasting life in that type of world where you can get consumed by the shadows but you can always offload yourself but interesting I don't know but that's just from like the two trailers that we've the two three trailers yeah. that we've seen so regardless um, I don't want to get too much into that Yeah. Uh, maybe we can do like an E3 discussion one day or something yeah, but we'll, we'll you figure know, it out there's so much to talk about, so many good games. Yeah. You know, Ghost of Tsushima was so good too. Ghost of so. Tsushima. Um, but you know what? Let's, let's save that up for another day. <laughs> um in the meantime, why don't we uh why don't we go brew that coffee? And we'll come back and we'll talk about the coffee. Let's do it. It's coffee time. It's coffee time.
1: Okay. And welcome to our coffee segment where we try one of the coffees that are sent into us and have it accompany us throughout. Our comics discussion. Okay. Okay. During this segment, (laughs) we'll be trying to identify (laughs) all the different fragrance and flavor notes (laughs) and see how what we did compared to the notes provided to us. Uh Okay. Today, we have a coffee from Yurkachev, Ethiopia, called Anasora, and it's been roasted by Pilot Coffee Roasters here in Toronto, Ontario. (laughs) So as per usual, Uh Jerry, why don't you start us off with a little bit of a sniff sniff? (laughs)
0: Why you gotta put me on blast like that? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Okay, all right. On first sniff, yeah, um, it's it's very it's got a very salty undertone. Okay, like it's hard to explain. It's it's kind of earthy, like the ones that we've had before, where it just kind of got that earthy tone to it. Right. Um, almost herby but it's more it's it smells saltier than usual so right. i'm not I'm not quite sure how it's gonna taste but it's 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 odd hmm. it's really odd hmm. yeah I'm not sure what how to make out this one <laughs>
1: I got nothing from the analysis so far
0: yeah like I don't know I don't know how to make this out like it's <laughs> I uh, salty
1: like giving me more questions than answers right now. <laughs> if, it, if
0: anything. Like, if a sweetness comes out of it once you taste it, it could be like a salty caramel type situation. Okay. But, yeah, it, it's it just, it's eluding me right now. I don't know what mm. it is. Uh, why don't you give it a sniff, sure. Victor? And, we'll do. Uh, we'll do. Uh, we'll see what you get.
1: Okay, right off the bat. Yep. Uh. I'm getting uh, fermented soybean. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: With our coffee.
1: There's... A very very subtle sweetness like a very subtle sweet smell to it there is I like think it's way in the back but but uh yeah it's uh as far as i can tell we're gonna get some fermented soybean <laughs> that's that's
0: my analysis all right um okay so let's let's see yeah, if okay. that's the case <laughs> go ahead um all Do right it, give us a little taste give it a taste Okay, it's very hot. Okay.
1: <laughs> As coffee should be.
0: <laughs> that has all but gone away. Really? All, yeah. Hmm.
1: So then That's what... That's so odd. What are you getting? What are the notes?
0: No I clue. Don't, I don't know. No clue. Wow. I don't know. That has all just gone away. And it's just become this... It's become more of a tame smooth black coffee
1: okay give me okay hold on let me do this let me do this hold on now you're you're just
0: yeah try it now you're just giving me
1: questions hold on Hmm. (laughs) do you agree? no I taste soy (laughs) you still do? I taste taste fermented soy I don't taste that anymore I taste fermented soy Huh? This is not delightful for me right
0: now. Really, I I don't taste that at all right now. Like that's just gone away.
1: Like this is a f- I can
0: absolutely smell it.
1: This is a far shot from the lemon daydream, lemon tea daydream. Yeah, this is very I'll tell opposite that tell from that. You that. This
0: is very opposite from that. That's for sure.
1: This is like completely the other way.
0: Yeah, okay, I don't so, know.
1: So my my guess here is um, fermented soybean as the first one. Okay. My second one is, uh, fig, uh, f- uh, fermented soybean.
0: Just for, <laughs> all right. I think maybe maybe a hint of. I'm gonna you know what no I'm gonna say walnut. Hmm. I'm gonna say walnut. Because I'm like imagining the taste that I'm getting when I eat walnuts. Because, something trigger that I'm not sure what it is, but I'm gonna say kind of like a walnut. But because the one that's not sweet. No. So, yeah. That's, that's all I got, really. <laughs> this guys. is like, I, I got nothing else on this. This is screen. as mysterious as it gets. This is
1: more mysterious than the mystery coffee we did a few weeks ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, at least Well, at least that one, you're filled with notes, right? And you just sort of kind of guess which one yeah. it is. But yeah, yeah, I got nothing on this. That that soybean just taste that you're getting, soybean, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not getting it I'm at all. I'm just
1: getting fermented soybean. That's weird. Just straight out the can just ready to go with some fried rice I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I must say I'm not uh, not a big fan of this one yeah I must say as as horrible as that sounds
0: it's yeah yeah this is uh... well especially because we just had lemon tea from last week which was week. so amazing
1: yeah which we still haven't made friend. into an iced coffee yet
0: right <laughs> which we, we may have to
1: do after this one just to cleanse the palate a little <laughs> bit
0: um well if we get into one of those weeks where we just like trying out random stuff yeah. one of those weeks um then maybe we can just do one of that yeah we can do just that. do a nice coffee version of lemon tea yeah we can do that daydream
1: well in any All right, case so
0: let's 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 do the reveal let's yeah. see what it is and uh let's see how off we are because i'm fairly certain we're off wow oh no strawberry what apricot
1: and raspberry yeah. There's no way. No,
0: that's not no.
1: That's, there's no way. No, did
0: you, did you grab the right sheet? I grabbed the right sheet. sheet, And a Sora. No. That's no way.
1: Uh, I do not taste the strawberry.
0: I don't taste the apricot either. Or the raspberry.
1: Actually, you know what? Raspberry I can kind of get. Actually, now that, now that they've mentioned it. If it was like a raspberry tea like a raspberry black tea right okay i can I can now see it right or taste it but
0: but the that the rest of that stuff no strawberry no no way not even close isn't did it no close, I didn't yeah. I didn't brew this wrong we brew it like usual yeah we, yeah yeah man what I wonder why I wonder what that is
1: well uh all I gotta say is Not my favorite brew. Yeah. I mean, if you need coffee for the sake of having coffee, sure. But this would not be my pick.
0: I will say this. If I didn't know what the flavors were supposed to be, and I'm drinking this, this feels like a very usual black tea. Okay. Black coffee. Yeah. I'm selling the whole black tea thing, (laughs) the lemon tea. This will be a very sort of like normal, slightly bitter black coffee. Yeah. Now that I know there was supposed to be strawberry apricot and raspberry in it, especially strawberry, I'm a little upset because this is like a slightly better Tim Hortons. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. And like not a bad coffee, but now that I know what the notes are supposed to be, yeah. probably won't probably won't have it again. No. I don't know. But you know what? I'm just going to pretend I don't know what the notes are supposed to be. I'm just treat this as a black coffee. It's it's yeah, a it's, it's a decent black coffee. It's a yeah. I will go for that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well anyways, we're gonna be drinking this throughout our discussion of venom. Yeah. And the magic order. So why don't we go do that? Why don't we take our coffee and let's go talk comics? It's comics time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, we're gonna we gotta find something better than that. <laughs> <laughs> And we're at the comics segment. Uh, In this segment, what we normally do is we take some of our favorite comic books and we break them down into themes. Uh, We analyze them and we discuss about them uh, on the show. Uh, Normally, we talk about maybe like one book a week type of thing. But uh, we found that there are a lot of good books coming out. And uh, we want to make sure that we don't miss a lot of them because they're just they're so good that we we wanted to cover pretty much all of them on the show. So what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to cover at least two books per episode um, and that way you'll be exposed to to more good stories more good analysis and, uh, and we'll, we'll go from there so this week we're going to talk about two books uh, the first one is going to be Venom number two and the second one's going to be The Magic Order number one the brand new number one from Image Comics in collaboration with Netflix uh, but first thing we're going to talk about Venom so Venom number two written by Donny Cates with art done by Ryan Stegman on pencil JP Mayer on ink colors done by Frank Martin and letters done by Clayton Cowles So this book we had discussed a bit in length in uh, in a previous episode. Uh we were <laughs> we talking just, about uh, do you, Huh?
1: Do you not realize the the oxymoron in the sentence you just said? Why? What, what we I just discussed this book a bit in length. did I say a bit? Yeah. We just discussed it a bit in length. Anyways, huh.
0: <laughs> go on <laughs> yeah I didn't even I didn't even realize it didn't click in I guess it's just like part of my daily vernacular to say something a bit something a bit that it just kind of like got thrown in there fair enough yeah weird okay cool so <laughs> we discussed it <laughs> in length <laughs> uh, a couple weeks back uh, we were talking about Venom number one uh, brand new number one for Venom Eddie Brock is back and uh, they introduced some new characters and some new mythos to Venom and uh, what we were left with at the end of Venom number one was the phrase God is coming yes right Uh, which is this idea that Venom as a as a symbiote or symbiote no if you fancy that stop it (laughs) (laughs) as a symbiote Venom uh sort of comes from this other entity um that the symbiote come from this other entity that is considered to be this overwhelming like being that's like overlooking everything and they've been around in like the earth's mythos and like history for like the longest time and blah 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 and all the other good stuff so we made a comparison last week uh last week no last time we talked about this book and uh, we were talking about how it's kind of got this beowulf versus the dragon type of thing and that there was like symbolism regarding the dragon on this, this sort of like possessed symbiotes Mm-hmm. Stop it! Stop it! I swear. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. Symbiotes. Uh, I'll come and rip your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you just leap across the table. I like, "You take that I mean, back! You take it back!" <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, man, I broke my train of thought. Was it? Oh yeah, we're talking about uh, possessed symbiotes. Yeah, and uh, basically. This entity it's now coming to earth yeah and um, they're just like they're starting to lose their mind and of speaking these like ancient languages and stuff like mm-hmm. that right um, so before we keep uh, before we sort of plow ahead there is going to be spoilers like all the other shows uh, just because we in order for us to really get into these stories in order to really break these down we need to talk about the things that are happening in the story so be warned there will be spoilers uh, if you do not wish to be spoiled you know, put it on pause. Go reach, um, you know, comicsology, local comic shop, whatever you need to do. Pick up the book, read it, and then, you know, come back and give it a listen. Maybe there's something else you want to discuss with us as well. By any means necessary, you better find a way. to. It's, to... All, I, it's all I got to say. <laughs> so go read it. <laughs> and, <laughs> then, uh, and then, you know, whatever you want to discuss. Maybe right after you read it, you want to discuss about something or you want to just, you know, kind of talk about it. You know, shoot us an email, contact at darkgirlscomics.com. Okay, so back to the book, Venom Number Two. Uh, What did you think of it? Initial thoughts.
1: Um, I think I don't know. To me, it seemed uh, pretty underwhelming. Okay, in my opinion, um, it wasn't quite as. It didn't dive quite as deep as the first issue did. Okay, in my opinion, uh, I mean, it's still a good issue. Uh. I think they're trying to hone in on on particular components of the story right which is why it didn't seem like there was a lot going on right uh, but because of that again like it just seemed it just seemed underwhelming right um there it did raise a couple of good questions which i'll get into later on uh but overall moving forward i would like to see i would like to see uh future issues is just dive into the story a bit more
0: right yeah right
1: uh, this one was very Eddie Brock focused understandably I guess uh, but again moving forward I'd like to see uh, the future issues dive into the, the main story a bit more yeah but I that's just so. my opinion
0: <laughs> all right <laughs> uh, but yeah you know, I mean like same thing here though uh, because the first issue was moving at such a, it was as a such a, a pace a blazing pace that, yeah that it was every everything was getting thrown at you. So this this issue they kind of slowed it down a bit.
1: Yeah.
0: Um trying not to go in as recklessly, sort of like in a in a reflection of how Eddie Brock operates as well, right? Yeah. So they they go into a bit of a a background sort of thing for yeah. Strickland. Which is it's an interesting touch that they're bringing it as a connection to the Vietnam War. Yeah. And they're basically saying Fury was involved with the symbiotes from, like, the very get-go. Yeah. That he he basically already has knowledge of where the symbiotes come from. Yeah. And is basically operating on these soldier from the Vietnam mm-hmm. War. So Strickland being one of them, he didn't know why he was chosen. He, yeah. he keeps thinking he's just, like, this random person, right? Yeah. Um, but we get that as a reflection, um, sort of, like actually speaking in parallel to the other story from the very beginning where you see the symbiote sort of healing and fixing up Eddie Brock. Yeah. And and that's Strickland talking in the background going, who is Eddie Brock? Yeah. Like he wanted to figure out who Eddie Brock is. And I think from doing that, he also wanted to reach more into finding out why himself. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: It, It, uh... Yeah, there was when... During those particular panels, there was, um almost like a like a second voice happening at the same time right right uh as as uh, strickland is talking it almost seems like to me it seemed like the symbiote was also asking those same questions at the same time as he was trying to heal eddie brock
0: yeah yeah so the lines in between the panels that you're seeing right yeah
1: like because yeah because uh strickland is revealing the information about eddie brock just before Venom is asking those same questions, or the yeah. same people asking those same questions, yeah. right? Which I thought, I thought that was a cool touch.
0: Yeah, and right? it's and it's cool that they're they're sort of like really digging deep into like why Eddie Brock, mm-hmm. because that's also kind of a question of of us as readers. Yeah. We're also asking why Eddie Brock, mm-hmm. not so much why Eddie Brock is Venom, but why is Eddie Brock back? Yeah, why bring him back in this situation? Yeah, like right now. Yeah. Um, and I think in the story it works well too because Strickland is also asking himself like why me, like why was I chosen during the Vietnam War? Yeah, I should have just died to napalm. Like mm-hmm. why did Fury choose me? So by digging and understanding Eddie Brock more, he can like answer those questions about himself. Yeah. Um, but you kind of quickly realize too that we don't actually know why Eddie Brock was chosen because really he's just he's just got this connection. With symbiotes, that is just constantly giving him chances after chances after chances at life. Yeah. Ultimately, the Eddie Brock character is sort of this—it's this like anti-hero character. Like he's not a good guy, he's not a bad guy. Yeah, and he's just Eddie Brock. He's just Eddie Brock, yeah. and he's and he's there to—he's there as an existence. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think it's—it's it's a nice touch that they're really like trying to dig deep into like yeah. making this connection, and I feel like later on, it might get to a point where they. They really truly realize like there is no connection. Yeah. He, he was just at a bad place at a bad time. Yeah. At right, the wrong time. And now this is sort of the journey he has to go on. This is the life he has to yeah. go on,
1: right? To, to me, those couple of panels, it just seemed like one big infomercial for Eddie Brock. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like, why Eddie Brock? Well, Venom. Carnage, cancer, toxin, you name it, he's been through it all.
0: He's, he's like, been through it all. He's been there.
1: <laughs> like, I'm just expecting, like, the, the ShamWow guy.
0: <laughs>
1: he's just doing one giant infomercial as to why Eddie Brock was chosen.
0: Look, cancer, unbelievable, survived it. <laughs> survived it, unbelievable, carnage, he was there, firsthand. Toxin, same thing, antivenom, you name it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that, that's just what it seemed like to me, and... um. Uh, and there's, there's, you know, just like Rex was saying in, in in this issue, like there is no rhyme or reason as to why Eddie Brock was chosen. Yeah, it's just it's just Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. And you know, for better or for worse, he's going to be the main character of the story. Yeah, right. So just an interesting touch. I thought yeah. it was cool.
0: And I think a lot of a lot of writers now are starting to understand like the way to go is not to just completely strip continuity yeah you know how like a, a lot of refreshes restarts and stuff like that a new number ones and whatever they always try to like there's always that like relaunch movement yeah and it strips away a lot of continuity that exists and i think what a lot of writers are doing now is they're trying to organically tell that relaunch
1: yeah
0: um they're not they're not necessarily telling you like all these character development that happened over the years just don't exist anymore but yeah. they're starting to tell you be like no like Those all really just happened at random. Mm -hmm. He's this way because that's just Eddie Brock. Yeah. It just happened to him. It could have been anyone else. It just happened to him. Yeah. So I'm finding that it's happening in some of the other books as well. Mm -hmm. Um and and it's good. It's a good touch because sometimes you have to just take in the fact that what's happening with a lot of these characters are just random things that are happening. Yeah. And he they just happen to be in it. That's what makes him special, I think. Mm -hmm. When you start really breaking down into like like essentially from birth they're set up to do all this stuff yeah then it takes away from the disbelief that this could happen to anyone yeah the true heroism yeah you know so yeah it's a good touch I i like the way that was told
1: uh rex strickland i mean again as as underwhelming as uh as underwhelming as this this issue might have been yeah again i'm not saying it's a bad issue i enjoyed reading it yeah Um, uh, but rex uh
0: it just wasn't the follow-up you were expecting i was hoping for. to get yeah. exactly Cause, yeah
1: because the way it ended in, in issue one with the dragon i was like whoa <laughs> there's gonna be more dragons but really there's there was like maybe an, another page of the dragon yeah and that was it
0: yeah and actually i wanted to touch upon that a little bit as well that that dragon dog looking thing that showed up yeah but you were talking about uh, Rex yeah so sorry he
1: was uh, he brought up a a good line uh, following his inner monologue by Eddie Brock uh, where he's where he's just saying you know he's just another dead man wearing his coffin right right which is an interesting point could that be applied to other superheroes and supervillains when you think about it right because when was the last time you remember a superhero or a supervillain that that's died in the comics outside of their of their uh, the hero of the hero person or villain persona? When was the last time Clark Kent died as Clark Kent? When was the last right, time Bruce okay. Wayne died as Bruce Wayne? Right. Okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Right? I think the closest thing. Would be when Wolverine died, a couple years back.
0: Oh, the death of Wolverine.
1: Yeah, Charles Soule? Yeah, that would to me that would probably be the closest thing because y- you almost couldn't separate Logan and Wolverine.
0: No, you can't because they were all, they yeah, were they're, one they're and pretty the much the same, same right? person. Yeah, but but you'd all you'd you'd also say like with the death of like let's just say if Clark or Bruce died. Yeah, you can argue that they died because. They decided to become Superman slash Batman. Yeah. Unless you're talking about like just straight natural causes, like they went skydiving well, and fell. No, well, no, I mean <laughs> well, I mean <laughs> that will never happen, but <laughs> but I mean like because if, if enemies find out who these guys are, like in terms yeah. of like secret identity and whatnot, yeah. and they died under their secret identity, yeah. in relation to that, they're still dead because of the identity that they're holding back which again is it still adds to rex's point though that they're constantly wearing their yeah they're, their,
1: they're just their, yeah dead men wearing their coffins right? yeah of course. If, if it's clark kent dying because somebody knew that he was superman yeah he's still dying as superman yeah he's yeah, not yeah, dying yeah. as clark kent yeah do you know what I mean so that's why i thought it was an interesting point because when was the last time like a superhero supervillain died as their as their civ- civilian alter ego like, it, it, it almost never happens.
0: And only as a civilian reason. And only...
1: Yeah. For, uh, exactly.
0: Yeah. No, no. I don't think that's ever happened. But that yeah. would... But, but, but I mean, like, also for that, it would just make for, like, really anticlimactic. Anti-climatic well, yeah. I mean, that's storytelling. true. It's that's like, true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's
0: where... Clark walks down the street. It
1: gets hit by... Uh, a bus. Full of kryptonite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then, he still died as Superman. Yeah. Cause, uh, <laughs> because exactly. of kryptonite. So, like, it's it's hard be- I mean like, that doesn't it won't be- because for us, storytelling. Storytelling.
1: As the, for us as the readers it's also difficult for us to differentiate exactly Eagles as well because yeah, we also see them as one and one right but I mean as for you know as Spider-Man dying as Peter Parker or Spider-Man dying as Miles Morales like it, it's it's never going to happen because it's never going to happen for such simple reasons yeah, yeah right? absolutely but which is why I thought this point was so interesting because every superhero and every supervillain is essentially wearing their coffin right? yeah their costumes is their coffin because that's all they're gonna die as
0: yeah absolutely
1: right when they do if they do if they do and then when they come back they come back because yeah <laughs> if they, you know because you know it's comics <laughs> for the
0: inevitable death and in return yeah, yeah yeah
1: so anyways i was that was uh an interesting point that i No, thought it's a good that, point it's uh, a good point that uh Rex i up. actually i
0: i glanced right over that when i was reading it that that first yeah, time you guys glance over it because my focus in that segment was yeah. on was on Eddie Brock. Yeah, the when Eddie I Brock read that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I read through that initial sequence. Yeah, my focus was on understanding Eddie Brock. Yeah, but it's good that you bring it back to Rex because mm-hmm. ultimately he's asking those questions about himself as well. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another interesting thing that uh, I guess was
1: answered. Now that we we've get a we got a good glimpse of of the dragon yeah right now we know that the dragon is just completely covered in symbiote yeah right so again but that, that raises more questions for me like is there something under the symbiote right or is it just an amalgamation of just just symbiote
0: yeah just a yeah you know what it's just I mean? like a pile of like, symbols. Is there
1: like a real dragon under there? <laughs> like... I don't
0: know, but it, it doesn't even look like a dragon at that point. When it came out, it just it, yeah, like,
1: it just looked like uh, looked like a
0: shaggy dog, you know, like, just... like like
1: like Scooby Doo with wings. <laughs> yeah, like a, like Scooby
0: Doo like, turn evil. Yeah, just imagine like an evil Scooby Doo. <laughs> Actually, that's a really accurate way to to just sort of show our audio listeners <laughs> yeah. what this creature looked like, because basically, yeah, it's Scooby Doo covered in symbiote being really upset and just God really angry. Quarters <laughs> <God is> coming. <laughs>
1: Actually, now he sounds like Yoda, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't quite get it down.
0: Can, that's okay. That's <laughs> uh,
1: uh, If you know, I'm not gonna even try anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's got wings and everything and that's, it's, it's an angry Scooby. Um, but yeah, like I, see, my gripe with that reveal Yeah. is I liked this symbolism is showed in the first issue because it, it definitely seemed it re- more menacing in the first it, issue exactly yeah. because he he's just this thing in the sky mm-hmm. he's overlooking everything yeah and the the actual way that it looks is reminiscent of what is appearing on the on Venom's chest when he's like possessed. Yeah. Or like the symbiote's when they're possessed. Yeah. It's the symbol that's showing up. I
1: almost yeah, that's a good point you bring up, Jerry. I actually almost would sort have of preferred if they kept the dragon a bit more like more hidden, more obvious. Yeah. Uh very like almost like almost like the cloverfield effect. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you know the thing is there. You know it's terrorizing the city. Yeah. But
0: you never really see it. Yeah. It's just it's like this
1: But on the other hand too This
0: force of nature
1: Yeah But on the other hand too Like you know Venom is gonna go And seek it out anyway
0: Yeah I just wish it didn't happen Right away like this
1: Yeah Unless Unless um, They're planning to move The storyline along Like really quickly Like if it's Like remember I mentioned uh, Last time we spoke about Venom If it was a 6 to 8 issue run Like they would be great Yeah This is the kind of pace I would expect for a 6 to 8 issue run
0: Right, okay. You know that what makes I mean? Sense,
1: yeah. Right? Uh so in a way for them to reveal it at this point in time it makes sense. I just almost wish they didn't do it.
0: Yeah. Right? I wish they didn't do it just yet. Yeah. But like then if again, they're going to go character study like that, yeah. I I just wish they kept the whole thing character study.
1: Yeah. You know. But at the same time, if they were going to reveal it, I almost wouldn't know any other way that they would do it.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like
1: yeah. I I understand why they did it. I mean if I were if I was uh uh Donnie Cates, that's what I would have done as well. Yeah. But I almost again, I almost wish they didn't do it. Yeah. Because the way it was revealed in the first issue in comparison to how it looks in the second issue.
0: They're almost different creatures.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like like to me in the first issue, the dragon seemed more like it almost seemed more demonic. Like almost like Satan yes. was descending. Like it seemed more humanoid. Yeah. Now that I see it's just like Shaggy with... I mean, uh, Scooby-Doo with wings. Shaggy dog. <laughs> shaggy dog. Like Scooby-Doo yeah. with wings. It's like, eh... I'm not quite as scared of it now. Yeah. Now I can look at it and go... Because yeah, well,
0: like, now it just looks like a creature that our heroes are going to punch. Yeah, especially... Whereas the first issue, it felt like a creature that the... It just seemed like impossible to tackle. Yeah, like you, you yeah. have to somehow handle it. But maybe beyond physical means. Yeah. But with the second issue with Scooby, (laughs) you just you think Venom's probably gonna show up and punch it. Yeah, especially
1: with the reveal of um Ultimate Spider-Man. Exactly. With Miles Morales. With Miles
0: Morales showing up. So that's another thing.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's cool that they're really giving Miles sort of this like they're sort of they're really giving him a good run because Mm -hmm. he hasn't had really that chance to develop uh, other than from, like, uh, from Champions and, you know, a bit from uh, from uh, Secret Empire. Yeah. But he hasn't really been given this huge chance to shine with the rest of the Marvel yeah. Universe. Because, you know, for the longest time he was in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. So it's good that with a lot of these legacy characters coming back, mm-hmm. they're still keeping Miles around to fill that role for Spider-Man, which is nice.
1: Yeah, like, it's a very, like, you can tell, you can tell it's a very post-Secret Wars world Mm -hmm. right it's a very amalgamated universe because in any other instance if secret war had not happened why would Eddie Brock care about Miles Morales as Spider-Man yeah you know what I mean like Eddie Brock has no connection to other than the fact that he is a Spider-Man yeah that he would probably dislike him because of that but other than that there's no reason for Miles Morales to be there yeah right so you're right in the sense Jerry that they're because it's uh, it's a post Secret Wars world, it does give him that opportunity to really shine and develop in the story. I mean, how how they're gonna do it? I don't know.
0: Yeah, for sure. For because
1: sure. he just came in. Look, like he was gonna kick Eddie Brock. Yeah, in the I head. thought he was gonna kick him. <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what comes of uh, I guess that development, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that's basically where that issue leaves off. Uh, yeah. Reveal of Spider Man, uh, Eddie Brock, sort of looking onto the to the carnage that. This creature is setting upon you, <laughs>
1: Carnage. I see what <laughs> <you> did there. <laughs> uh, and again, another question that still hasn't been answered: What are the other symbiotes doing?
0: Yeah, like, uh, it's a little early, I think, for them to do that reveal because uh, uh, they're trying to build yeah. on the venom mythos, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, they
0: they mentioned the name. At yeah, some point. so we
1: know that. Yeah, so we know that Carnage toxin and anti-venom have existed in this particular storyline. Yeah, whereas yeah. I, they should, right? Yeah. So like no, but
0: then, you know it's it's good that you bring that up because some people just choose when they're telling an isolated story they choose yeah. to not recognize those yeah. and they don't need to yeah right creative freedom and all that so they don't have to bring all the toys out of the box yeah but the fact that they mentioned it it, it feels like down the line that those toys will come out
1: it has to, in my opinion, it has to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because if you're telling a symbiote story, you
0: can't tell a symbiote story exactly, without all yeah. the symbionts. It may Yeah, because it's they're telling beyond just a Venom story down They're yeah, telling a symbiote story. Because it's not like so.
1: Carnage just sitting around going, oh, geez, oh, what's that going on there? <laughs> oh, well, whatever, right? It's like it's, it directly affects them too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, so. yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, it would be interesting to reveal later on that they're actually affected also yeah. by the symbiote gods showing up. Yeah, I don't imagine that they wouldn't be. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So that so, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Me, for sure. So yeah. Um, that I mean that's pretty much Venom number two. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, nope. Other than
1: what I said earlier, like for sure, moving forward, I want to see them dive into the story a bit more. Right. Not that what we say matters, because of course, because <laughs> of course, <laughs> they probably have it all written out already. Yeah. Right. For the most part. Um. So we'll. Uh, I mean, we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. yeah right. For sure. Um. Not that I like I said, not that I didn't enjoy the issue. Uh I just wanted a bit more out of it. I was expecting a bit more out of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you? Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. I think it's um I think the scripting for it could use like I, I didn't like the pace of this book as much. It's really slow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of like I think it's nice that they touched upon the backstory for, for Rex. Yeah. Because they talked about his, you know, his Vietnam times mm-hmm. and sort of like that connection to Nick Fury and it's it's bringing up this whole entire other organization yeah. into understanding what the symbiote is. Yeah. However, I don't care for Rex as a character mm-hmm. as much as I do Eddie Brock.
1: Well, I don't imagine, to be fair, I don't imagine Rex is probably is going to stick around
0: much exactly, longer anyway. Exactly, yeah, but then I didn't need like I feel like he, he's a device in the story right now that is sort of like bringing up this mythos as a way to connect to the mythos so yeah. I, I don't know like I just didn't really care that much about Rex but it's good it's a good connecting sort
1: he's sort of like that um, he's sort of like that uh, that mentor archetype in yeah. the storyline yeah. that you would expect is going to probably pass on at some point so that Um, Eddie would just Eddie can take over, yeah. Yeah. Like it's
0: so. I don't know. For me, final thought on the book: less Rex, more Eddie Brock. Yeah, because truthfully, that's the story I want. I'm more invested in. That's the story I'm more interested in. Right? I want to know what the symbiote is doing to him. Mm -hmm. I don't really care about all that Rex. No, completely agree. Yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, that's uh, Venom number two. you should definitely still check it out. It is still one of the best books on the stand. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit slower. The pace is a little bit odd on this issue, but I'm sure it's gonna pick back up. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that said, let's go ahead and talk about our second book this week. It is a brand new book from Image Comics in collaboration with Millerworld and Netflix. Hmm. So, for the for those of you who don't know, Netflix recently purchased Millerworld. Uh Mark Miller from Image Comics he has this like uh, he has all these books that he's written all these series that he's written and it's in his sort of like his own little imprint called Miller World Mm -hmm. not so much an imprint but like he calls it Miller World so Netflix recently bought it out in sort of like in Mm -hmm. the hopes that like they're gonna start publishing some of these books as well Mm -hmm. in relation with Image Comics and they're also gonna be taking a lot of that property and turning it into TV shows, movies and stuff like that this would be a good TV show oh so good yeah. <laughs> yeah it's gonna be so good just because it follows
1: such a I mean we'll get into it yeah, well, it yeah. follows a very stereotypical archetype of a storyline
0: yeah right? but, but then it just like blows up yeah. which is crazy yeah. but so yeah so Netflix made the purchase so now this is the first book published by Netflix mm-hmm. um, with you know in conjunction with Image Comics yeah. this book um, is called The Magic Order this is issue one it's written by Mark Miller art by Olivier Coppel, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Dave Doherty. So this is a story, um it's a story about a world where magic exists. And Hogwarts. there's an Huh? Hogwarts.
1: <laughs> it, it, when I read it <laughs> it like, seemed like a very adult Harry Potter.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's adult Hogwarts. It's like what it's like if you're an adult now and you're like, man, I wonder what would happen if I you know, attend a Hogwarts or whatever. No, this is what you would attend. Because you because yeah. 'cause you're an adult now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so This is the real world of magic. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 a it's a good story in a sense that they talk they talk about magic sort of as like um as a driving force in the world. Yeah. Which I really which I really enjoy that They sort of go into it just, you know, off the, just like straight metal, pedal to the metal ground, whatever. But they
1: also make it very clear. They just go hard at it, you know? But they also make it very clear from the very first, from the very first panel that, uh, that magic is very separate from the reality that it exists in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. the very first panel, it says, uh, uh, sorry, let me just sort of skip back here they say right from the beginning uh we live in a world of science and and logic this is not a coincidence so right right off the bat you already know something supernatural outside of what's happening in this panel exists yeah right and then it just starts to branch off and go deeper and deeper and deeper from there
0: yeah right and i think It's interesting that you brought that point up with regards to science and, you know, science and logic. Yeah. This world really is about them being sort of this, like, shadowy organization, keeping the world separate from the things that they do. Yeah. Right? Because the world needs to... The world does need to rely on some sort of logic and some sort of grounding point for society to to exist in order. Exactly. Things have to make sense. Exactly. So... I think it's cool that they right away establish that, yeah, no, this is, we understand this. Mm -hmm. And it's not a coincidence that it's happening. It is our intention that this is happening. So right away, you're going to see that, okay, we're going to leave that logic world behind. We're going to leave that, you know, that sort of sciencey stuff, that grounding things, you know, common sense stuff. And we're going to talk about what happens beyond that. Yeah. You know, what happens to these guys, Mm -hmm. you know. So- this story follows um, follows this family right uh, what, what was their what was their Moonstones Moonstones yeah so it follows a Moonstone family it, there's the the father there's the, the son that's very loyal to the family mm-hmm. there's the daughter that is like constantly drunk <laughs> <laughs> and is just sort of like this failure at life yeah and then there's the son the other son that is like uh, oh no I'm gonna forsake this world I don't want to do this magic thing yeah. anymore
1: but he's also like the prodigal son <laughs> he's like the most yeah. powerful the most pilot. powerful wizard he's like
0: the avatar the last airbender <laughs> <laughs>
1: no I don't want to master all the elements <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it, it follows that family yeah. and something that has happened to their order yeah. so not just the family like something that happened outside of their family Yeah. and um, wait was it in their family? that it happened to no but it happened within the order within the order right so uh tragedy struck within uh within the order and you find out that there's this other group of magicians that are coming to like sort of that have to sort of put a hit on these guys yeah in in a sense yeah (laughs) so it's cool that they're like (laughs) it's like this magician family drama yeah but my initial thought right away was it's like two schools of magicians (laughs) that are just like that just have this beef yeah and they're going at each other yeah but that's like you know obviously when you're dealing with like magic and stuff like that and they're like swinging wands around and stuff like that right but they right away turn that on its head It's just like no this is not your usual magician story yeah these are really disturbed dangerous people oh yeah right they're criminals yeah 100% and it's some of the imagery in this book is it's not for the faint of heart no so this. be warned <laughs> when you go read this book, or if you have already read this book, let us know what you think. Yeah, uh, contact at darkgrosscomics.com <laughs> It's uh, yeah, the the detail in the facial expressions in in the way that certain characters are drawn. Yeah. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. So good.
1: The art, the artwork, and 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 how it animates the story. Yeah, is is really good. Um, especially for um, especially this particular style and. And how it fits in relation to the kind of story that's being told, mm-hmm. um, I think it works really well. Um, it's so, it's so grim. Yeah, it's very grim. <laughs> like when, yeah. like when the baby just like
0: <laughs> st- stabbed the. Dad okay, so the yeah, like <laughs> in the opening segment, um, there's uh, there's this couple, right? And then there's they have a child. Like the child is wandering somewhere in the basement, or downstairs, or like in their room. I don't know so this is parents they're in bed yeah and they're you know they're sleep- they passed out they're sleeping and then these you see these two magic users these two um you, you know you, you can say the bad guys i guess they're outside and they essentially said that like they're controlling this child yeah in that apartment in that house and they're like and the child takes a knife and goes and just murders the father i was like what kind of
1: magic is that because that yeah. baby's like super strong now to be able to like <laughs> stab a human skull yeah like r- just clean through the head in a single sweep yeah like i'm talking like right through your maxilla all the way to your like right through the skull the How what you, like like the the jaw
0: is that what it's called maxilla i don't remember anyway
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> the stabs are right through, i was like I thought "Wow!" thought is gonna be science class like this for is like second this is a crazy the this crazy strong kid
0: this is a crazy strong baby or that knife or this, is very sharp
1: or knife or the the this is some crazy magic that's happening yeah it just makes the baby like un, ungodly strong <laughs> 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 but that kind of imagery is it, yeah. it, it's it's set the standard for,
0: for for what type of story this what is kind going of what kind mean, of environment
1: right? what kind of atmosphere to expect from the story and yeah uh,
0: that, I don't know it was an amazing job really yeah. good job on that one so right from the very get-go, you see this type of magic.
1: Yeah.
0: Then so this is something I wanted to get into a little bit as well, but like mm-hmm. that quickly got shattered, like the thing I was I'm about to talk about. Yeah. So you see this type of magic from the very start. And then you see the daughter pulling off escape escape um like you know, escape artist tricks from yeah. a cop car. Yeah. Because, you know, she was arrested. At a, uh, she was she was arrested at a child's birthday party, yeah. as per usual. <laughs> of course, you know usually, things that usually happen to magicians. So, so she performs escape magic, and yeah. then you see the next panel with the father. Yeah, um, the father in that sequence where like he catches a speeding bullet in the mouth, and we know that is a trick. Yeah, right. We know that those two are tricks. Escape artists still kind of blur the line. Yeah, the bullet in the mouth thing is very much a trick. Yeah so right away the first thing i thought was what if the story they're telling us isn't so much about magic mm-hmm. but the world's perception of magic yeah right like in real life mm-hmm. so i thought it was like okay so there's going to be some imagery there's going to be some sequences of things that we can't process because we don't know whether or not they're real or fake magic yeah or if they're just illusions of magic
1: mm-hmm.
0: but then I got shattered because there was a guy who shapeshifted yeah. into the guy that got murdered, right? Right. There was a guy from the from the other order that mm-hmm. shapeshifted. And yeah. then there was the magic later on where they performed the changing magic where the whole scene got changed, the people got changed, and they got transformed into something else. Yeah. Which was crazy. That was crazy. That was crazy. It was crazy. Absolutely and, insane. Crazy innovative. Mm-hmm. Because... I think in a story like this you need to be very innovative like what a way to get rid of people <laughs> like yeah. yeah just just from existence yeah, just, just wipe them change from existence, them from existence. Yeah. yeah just change them into something else completely
1: but it's crazy that like you do that kind of magic and it like you just imagine the kind of connections you you make throughout your lifetime yeah as a human being like how many friends you have family members the people you've met like they all know you exist yeah and then it comes along this change magic, and then it just changes your existence like you like you never existed. Yeah. Like every like every, everything that you've affected is no longer affected. Mm-hmm. Like to me that, that's crazy. Yeah. Like what kind
0: of a ma- like what kind of magic is that? <laughs> no, but see, I don't know if people will forget them. So that's that's pending on issue two. Yeah, because issue two will then let us know if these guys know that this guy's gone. Because it's almost
1: implied, though. That's the whole thing, though, right? Implied
0: that they just wiped from existence. Yeah, because
1: w- when when that change magic was occurring, and when uh, that person was explaining it, he was saying, "Yeah, you were going to get replaced by people that believe that they've lived there the whole lives." Right. So, it, it, to me. It, to me that sounds like you're being wiped from existence like you've never existed and the lives that you touched were never affected right okay that's the sense that I get
0: um but I don't know because I think what he's saying is that the people that are that have replaced that scene they're going to believe that they've been there the whole time but that is now going to conflict with what other people already knew about these other guys that were in there yeah right so I don't know it's it's hard to explain but that's exactly what what happened is that they just got wiped from existence and they're just gone
1: gone now right so
0: it'll be interesting from issue two see how they explain it right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe they truly don't exist anymore and people don't remember them that would be just but the other thing too the
1: other thing too is like the gentleman that was sorry not to cut you off Jerry but the the other thing too is the um, the wizard that was erased from existence yeah he has to have he has to have been from the order yes right which also implies that moving forward in the second issue they're going to realize that he's missing right? Well, that's what i mean gone, right
0: if the people know that they're missing then they're not necessarily wiped from people's yeah
1: which yeah which is you know, the whole of my theory perception but. of him yeah but uh yeah it'll be uh i just want to know what kind of magic this is <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i just i want to see more more magic now i want to see what other things they can come up with yeah right and mm-hmm. you know like because it's mark miller you know that he's not going to really hold back yeah. on a lot of these characters yeah he's, he's well known to to kill off characters that you sort of grow a relationship or whatever
1: yeah
0: he's well known to be able to pull that plug so maybe one of the characters from the the main family the moonstone family is going to bite it soon probably the dad the dad, or I would even believe it might be, that the uh, the the son, Regan? not the prodigal son. Reed. Regan. What Regan? Regan. Yeah, I don't know, man. Because the thing is,
1: like, to me, there's so much foreshadowing, like, um, like right here when uh, when the father is talking to um, uh, I guess the the security or the bouncer, right. The bouncer says, "You never get tired of all this. You've been coming here since my dad was on the door." Well, the stairs get tougher every year, but there's been a moonstone on the stage since uh, 1885, and nobody to replace me when I hang up this hat. To me, that foreshadows that yo, you know, he's probably gonna bite the dust soon. Right. Okay. If any, or if anybody's gonna go in the family first, it's probably gonna be him.
0: Okay. Right.
1: Right. Uh, Because the way that I see this story unfolding now is that the dad is probably gonna die. Uh, in some sort of epic fight magician's fight Voldemort versus uh, Harry and then um, uh, the kids are going to have to band together and solve this thing like that's the way that I see it unfolding yeah but we'll see (laughs) okay yeah that's my theory but we'll see
0: yeah but I don't know yeah I guess we'll just we'll have to see as it unfolds. but I don't know I have a different theory about who's going to bite the dust okay well then share it (laughs) I told you I think it's going to be Regan but Regan is
1: such a non-important character right now
0: right now yeah, yeah. but he's essentially
1: the heir to but, the family right but we've also have already developed a good connection with the father so far yeah I guess so you know what I mean like they're, yeah. they're, to me because we've developed a relationship with the father already mm-hmm. I feel like he would be a, a good candidate to, to, bite, the, to bite the yeah. dust yeah that's right? true that's true it will have a bigger punch yeah I guess. because if Regan were to go right now I'd be like oh whatever yeah right like to me to me the characters that I've drawn closest to so far is is uh, Mr. Moonstone uh, Cordelia and Gabriel I haven't really built a connection with the Regan throughout this storyline so far
0: right okay yeah
1: there was no there was no personal story involving Regan that I could get attached to do you know what I mean yeah so to me if, if he were he's the least likely character in my opinion to bite the dust really yeah
0: hmm.
1: because or we haven't just, do, uh, at this
0: point in, in the storyline anyway you, yeah because you haven't been truly introduced like yeah or just have any sort of con- yeah because they talked about Cordelia a bit They Cordelia, Cordelia's got a got a yeah. bit of a scene yeah yeah and we know what, what happened to um to Gabriel so yeah yeah so, that's true yeah. that's true again we'll have to but see yeah, we'll have to see what time. happens yeah but uh sad for this guy the guy in the hat he uh,
1: <laughs> just super sad yeah he
0: just doesn't exist he, now he didn't even get a story he he didn't just, didn't get, he's just gone this uh and, phantom stranger looking guy <laughs> he's just gone so <laughs> phantom uh, stranger guy gone <laughs> Korean kid gone
1: his mom gone gone
0: just all gone <laughs> just
1: erased from existence <laughs> to be replaced by this couple watching tv
0: <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable <Yeah. laughs> but uh I, I don't know i think overall good story um what did you uh what did you think of the fact that they talked about not just the fact that they're magic users but they talked about that during the day you know they, they lives amongst the people but mm-hmm. at night they're They're sort of out and about, about, like, hunting things that we don't believe exist, like hunting monsters and stuff like that. I think that's very reflective of the sort of, like, thought that we have in current society, in real life, that we think there are shadowy organizations out there that are doing things, either plotting against the world or plotting to save the world. Mm -hmm. Plotting to, like, keep the world away from dangers, Yeah, right? Because everybody sort of believes that there are always these things that are out there. But there's no way they haven't made contact with us yet. So maybe there are these organizations that exist that we don't know about. I
1: guess. I don't know. It seems. I mean, I never believed in that stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Because if I feel like if you're an organization that's large enough to. Because that's like saving the world and protecting society from.
0: But it, it won't be from like. Like, just like in real life, it may not be from like monsters and stuff like that. And yeah but it could be from other things.
1: Yeah, and I, and I understand. And and the way that, like I said, the way that I see it is if you're an organization that has enough power and pull to be able to pull something off like that, the general public is going to know about it. Like uh, like a good example of that was, um, though granted it, it was made public on purpose as well, was when they were hunting Osama bin Laden. Right. And when, in, when they sent in that, that, uh, that, that, uh, was a navy seals team i i can't remember yeah I
0: can't, that's so long ago
1: well they sent in a a, a a team a team yeah to get to take care of osama bin Laden, which they did like again like that's that would be like a situation that would be done in the dark so to speak
0: okay right, right.
1: but the general public knew about it right right so i like i was saying like it's if i don't know if if you've got enough power to do that i feel like you can't, it's it's difficult to hide from the general public
0: okay right but again
1: okay. like w- what do i know right what do i know yeah right like there could very well be something that we just don't know we about we just right? don't know about I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's tons of things that we don't
0: know about yeah no but i think you're right like if there there will always be leaked information yeah right so yeah if something of that size exists then yeah, yeah. for sure but uh but yeah i think it's it's cool the magic order has kind of touched upon that because it, it kind of
1: reminds me a lot of um like that organization kind of reminds me a lot of uh, justice league dark
0: right okay yeah,
1: with yeah. like with uh, zatanna and uh and uh constantine and yeah, yeah. I, I get that kind of vibe from from magic order
0: okay yeah, yeah that actually makes sense yeah. well considering justice league dark are mostly magic users too yeah right exactly. so uh okay yeah i can see that i can mm-hmm. see that um But yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about where issue two is gonna go. Issue one went at a breakneck pace. Oh yeah, like it it's yeah, like just things were just happening. You know, I remember one week we were talking about it. And we were talking about how the type of storytelling that we enjoy. And I'm just like, yeah, just I just want to be just just start me off in the story. Things already happened in the past. Things are gonna keep happening. Yeah. Just throw me in the action, right? Yeah. This is literally what Mark Millard did. Mm-hmm. He just threw you right into the action, and it's just things are just happening. Yeah. So it's pretty I don't know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm excited where it's gonna go. I have really enjoyed the story. Yeah. As as stereotypical as it was, because I mean, let's face it, like there's been hundreds of stories where the setup was exactly the same. Yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. And like similar dysfunctional family type thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, not so much dysfunctional, but just like they they fall under very similar tropes.
1: Yeah, yeah. actually, um, what was um, what was that uh, comedy movie that came out years ago that um was that uh, tried to copy uh, or was like a comedy version of MacGyver? Do you remember Ma- that movie, MacGruber? MacGruber.
0: I, I think so.
1: Like. <laughs> I think so well, I
0: think who, who was it Will Forte that did? no no it
1: couldn't be there was, uh, there, was a, the, uh, there was a huge number of SNL cast that was on it
0: yeah I think it was Magru- I think it was yeah Mac it was McGruber.
1: yeah like the son the the uh, the son uh, Gabriel kind of reminds me of McGruber. <laughs> remember that opening scene in McGruber? yeah it was Will
0: Forte that's right yeah, yeah. remember
1: that opening scene in McGruber when they were trying to ask him to come back and he was like I'm um, I'm never coming back. And it's like, and they were just like, okay, well, we'll just find somebody else. I, well, I said, I said I was never coming back. You can't force me. Okay, yeah, <laughs> well, we'll find somebody else. Okay, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> but that's what it yeah, remind yeah, yeah. remind me of, like Daniel. I mean, sorry, uh, Gabriel. Gabriel, we yeah. were just like, it's like we need you. You're the best magician. I said I'm never coming back.
0: And you know he's coming back. Yeah, you know he's coming back. <laughs> you <laughs> you know he's coming back. He has to
1: guy, come back. Right? Like, come on. Like, he's the best magic user the
0: order's ever seen. <laughs> that's uh that's like that Key and Peel sketch. Which where one? Uh, he was like this like this like master with like the um with like this big beard, he was old, and then uh Keegan Michael Key went to like try to recruit him out. Oh yeah, and yeah. And yeah, yeah. Jordan Peel's like, I'm never I'm I'm done with this life. He's like, Alright, well no, we just we wanted some of your opinions. He's like, I told you. I'm done with this life it's like no we get that someone yeah. else is gonna do the job we yeah. just need some opinions He's like okay fine I will help you out yeah like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's exactly what it was like
0: but so, that trope works well yeah I think like if used to certain effects I think that works well
1: I, yeah and I think the, the reason why it works so well is because we're so used to seeing that storyline yeah right like yeah. you almost can't go wrong with a with a storyline that's set up like that
0: yeah right yeah, I think
1: so so I think yeah like I said I think the magic order did a really good job following it Mm -hmm. and then now it's now it's sort of has to keep pushing the bar to to bring its story that story into its own yeah at that point yeah yeah, for
0: sure so so yeah um do do you have any final thoughts on the book before we wrap it up no I, i i'm just excited for issue two yeah that's it yeah me too i'm i'm excited for issue two but i'm also excited to see what they're going to do if they are going to develop this into a TV show. Yeah. Because the type of effects you have to do for this type of stuff is going to be gonna be, be high-budget stuff. It's going to be high-budget, yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like I'm more excited about the comic because there's just... There's so much more visual things that you can do with it. Yeah. But also, you can say the same thing about TV shows, which is... You know, and the other thing, too, is like are they going to
1: start off like right at the beginning are they gonna like film like the or maybe movie, or are they gonna start off in the middle like where you have to read the issues first and to then, get there yeah. yeah
0: see that's like the kind of collaboration that you you get a little bit excited yeah. about because now you're going cross mediums right yeah to sort of connect all these different yeah, to guys the together yeah. yeah or maybe they do like a prequel thing mm-hmm. you know about what happened to Gabriel yeah that's a TV show yeah so you never know stuff like that could happen lots of possibilities so
1: yeah, yeah. we'll just have to um, see where it goes
0: yeah yeah for sure i'm excited about it so i think that pretty much wraps up our comics discussion for the week um so remember if you have any questions or comments you know just shoot us an email let us know uh, but in the meantime i think we're gonna go into a segment we like to call offerings to dark side and we're gonna show you some cool stuff we'll tell you some cool stuff
1: offerings
0: to dark side offerings to dark side well <laughs> and we're at the offerings to dark side segment normally what we do in this segment is we take something that we're interested in something outside of the world of comics something outside of the world of coffee and we offer it to you our listeners something that we think you're going to enjoy as well um, you know it could be just like you know everyday stuff it could be something that we've tried already that we think you're gonna like so you know we will see what happens uh, this week Victor's got something really cool. He wow. wants to share again. again. You guys are really cool. Girl, you want to share. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Victor, why don't you uh, go ahead and share it with us? Huh?
1: <laughs> okay, Jerry. What I have to share this week? Yeah, is a mobile game. Okay. Called Dragon Ball Z <laughs> <laughs> Dokkan Battle. Oh, okay. So, yeah. As you listeners may know, Jerry and I are huge Dragon Ball fans. Um. And this is another thing to add uh, to our rosters of Dragon Ball addictions. Uh, <laughs> so what what Camp Battle is? It's a, it's a mobile game where uh, you're basically collecting characters and creating a team with them, and then going through events and going through the main storyline with this team, right? So it's very much like cracking a booster box. Okay. And then you're basically unlocking new characters, and new characters, new characters to to use in the game which is the addictive part because you obviously want to get better and better and better characters right right uh and there's a lot of what if characters in this game as well like there's super saiyan 3 broly um there's a fusion between weiss and beerus in the game oh so okay. it's yeah. it's super addictive I'll, I'll just put it that put it that way okay right because you just want to keep cracking and keep collecting <laughs> and keep getting better and better characters can and you
0: earn the currency in game yeah, crack you can yourself. you can okay. earn.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a grind, but yeah, but yeah, but it, you can, it, okay. Cool. Yeah, you can you can do it, and um, you can also upgrade those characters as well. So say for example, you get a really good character, you can. So there's a ranking systems, right? right. So, so there's there's like R, SR, SSR, and it's then like rare, super rare. Yeah, and then there's LR. That, okay. So LR is the best one. So then there's characters which you can lock, which is which have SSR. Yep. And then you can do kind of awaken them uh, into their LR forms if they have one. Right, so again, it's a grind, but you want to get these characters, and that's what forces you to to do the grind. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually played this game a while back, and I was super addicted to it. And then I was like, okay, I have to stop playing. I can't do this anymore. And now I'm back playing it again. (laughs) so that just goes a, to show how, how good it is
0: I gotta give it a try actually I gotta go you know maybe download it on my phone yeah for better or for worse yeah I give it a try yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for better
1: or worse yeah, yeah for so, sure so again the game is called uh, Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle um, how do you fr- spell Dokkan? Uh, D-O-K-K-A-N yep battle uh, free to play yep uh, but just don't be tempted to to do the microtransactions, is, <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> but mean, with anything like that, when you're like cracking open stuff yeah. and yeah, you're, you're dealing with sort of like RNGs and stuff yeah. like that, it you're you're gonna be tempted. Of course, a absolutely, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, but check it out. Um, so if, we also here promote safe spending, <laughs> absolutely, and control self control, self control, uh, yeah. That's the main thing. But absolutely, it's one of those, like, if you put in the time to play, you're going to be rewarded. As you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get, you
1: know. get rewarded, but you know yeah. how people are sometimes, they just yeah, want to spend the sure. money and get there quicker. Yeah, get that shortcut. But that's that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Uh, what about you, Jerry? What are you recommending this
0: week? Okay, so what I'm recommending is something I just started doing. Okay. Um, and it's, uh, it's an idea. Yeah. It's a concept. So... I can't... um, Concepts. (laughs) So, as much as I love comics, I can't draw. Okay. So, when I draw, it's it's stick people. Right. It's just stick people all the time. They're they're very expressive stick people, but Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's, you know, basic basic art stuff. So, I I can't draw. So, I recently started thinking like, hey, you know what? I'm going to put some effort into maybe trying to learn how to draw. Right. So, there's this idea out there, though, that... The right hemisphere of your brain controls the left side of your body okay and the left side of your brain controls the right side of your body but the right side of your brain the right hemisphere of your brain is also considered to what would be operating your sort of creative side right right so I decided I'm right-handed I already can't draw with my right hand hmm so what if I try to trigger my creative side and I use my left hand to draw Hmm. because my right hand is going to be tempted to draw something that I already know right but my left hand because it's so modally dysfunctional yeah that that I'm going (laughs) to be that I'm going to be tempted to draw but will just be you know trying to draw what I see well, trying give, to draw give, based give, on shapes give yourself a
1: break like <laughs>
0: well, you know I'm just trying to tell the truth yeah. <laughs> apparently this is already a concept you know obviously it's nothing yeah. new this yeah. is, this concept already exists yeah. and uh, actually recently my wife told me um, that she's sort of going through this book right now it's called drawing on the right side of the brain mm-hmm. um, and that book apparently one of the exercises talks about doing this you know using your non-dominant right. hand right. because the idea is you want to draw um, well actually the idea of the book itself is you want to draw based on what you see not what you know yeah because when you start drawing based on what you know then you start going into these like auto mode you know stuff like that mm-hmm. but you, based on what you see then you can get better, better perspective yeah um, so I, I suppose if if you want to make that an offering as well you can go find this book it's a really good book I just haven't read it because, you know I don't like to read <laughs> you know so I just you know, yeah I, clearly I, I like pictures <laughs> so this book's called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brains by Betty Edwards Excellent. But the what I would really want to offer though, because I started doing it, and uh, it's kind of liberating because I'm going at it really slowly. Obviously, yeah. my lines look, you know, like hot garbage <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, but I'm, you know, I'm drawing it, and I find that like it's true. Like my pictures are bigger mm-hmm. because I'm not just relying on my wrist, and then I'm not just like drawing based on what I know. So I'm drawing this image that I'm seeing, and it's actually coming out bigger, more detailed, and the I, I i put more focus on the lines i mm-hmm. put more focus on the actual individual shapes that i need to to draw so that i can um you know actually cre- recreate this image that i'm mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. so i tried it and it's re- and it's actually really fun and it's a really cool exercise that you can try out and i think it'll actually help you try to like maybe kickstart some sort of creative juice thing I'm I'm hoping that as I do this exercise more often I'm trying to do this every day If not every other day Yeah Just to draw something very small Something in front of me Something that I see And just draw it Yeah I'm hoping that one day It'll like You know Just sort of help me gain Better perspective on art And stuff like that And uh, maybe that's something that I can You know Maybe it'll surpass my right hand drawing who knows? It kind so of already has. Hand <laughs> so well, who I knows? I don't know about that. But uh, the idea is there. It's really fun. I w- highly recommend trying it. Take your non-dominant hand. Just draw something. If you're an artist already, take your non-dominant hand and do it. Maybe you've already done the exercise. Yeah. I would say definitely give it a try mm-hmm. it, You know, for those who haven't tried yet. It, it's fun. It's liberating. Oh, yeah. maybe I'll give it a try. You should. I'll
1: take my left hand and I'll start playing dual cam battle and see if I'll get better at it with my left hand. <laughs>
0: N- not quite the same as what I'm talking about but you know what you let me know because because <laughs> if it if it does get better maybe there's something there <laughs> alright uh, yeah so that that's what I'm offering this week okay drawing with your non-dominant hand I'm gonna do it right now where you start drawing right now
1: no I'm going to start
0: playing Dokken Battle. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? You play Dokken Battle with your left hand. Let me do this outro real quick. (laughs) Okay, uh, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and on our website at darkrosecomics.podbean.com. Please also remember to rate and leave us a review on iTunes if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about the books that we've talked about, or if you have a suggestion of what you want us to talk about on the show, please email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics, twitter.com slash utterlygeeky for myself, and twitter.com slash young for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics, uh, we also have a Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Dark Rose Comics. And if you would like to be a part of the community, join us on our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. Now, before we sign off, I wanted to talk to you about something real quick. Um, okay, so you know in Magic Order, number one, yeah, there's that kid mm-hmm. that is probably going to end up going to like... Because of just the degree of the murder that you committed. Might go to like prison or something. You're sending send this kid That's to like prison. like a two-year-old? Yeah. But... Cordelia is an escape artist. So maybe she'll go in there and maybe bust them out. Then you know what this kid is going to become. A small medium at large. Thanks everyone. I'll see you next week.